All right, we want to welcome everyone that's joining us this morning by live stream. Praise God. We've already had a great time in the Lord, but we're going to uh, dive into God's Word. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, be uh, turning to Luke chapter 10. That's Luke chapter 10. Hallelujah. And we want to continue this morning, and I know some of you may not have been here over the last few weeks, but we want to continue this morning with our series. Uh, we've been doing this series on our confession. Uh, and we've been teaching how our words, or better yet, how our words have a, a, a definite impact on our lives. How many of you know that? How many of you have been starting to watch what you say? Amen. Praise God. Uh, but, you know, we need to hear these messages over and over and over again. How many of you know that the best message you ever heard is the one you just heard? Amen. Think about that. I know it's a, tongue, it's a twister for some people. But the best message you ever heard is the one you heard. Amen. You see, it's not the hearing of the word. Uh, faith does come by hearing. And Romans 10, 17 tells us that. That faith does come by hearing. But then if we look over in James, you got to rightly divide the word of truth. If we look over in James, James tells us in James 1.22 that we must be doers of the word or we deceive ourselves. How many of you know there's a lot of self-deceived Christians in a lot of churches? Because they hear the word and they walk out of the church and they say, praise God, wasn't that a great message? And then you walk up to them, and you say, well, what did he preach about? Well, I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> Are you hearing me? How many of you have ever been there? I'm the only one? Okay, all right. <laughs> so even though we hear the word of God over and over and over again, what we need to do is we need to reflect and ask ourselves a question are we being doers of the word? Are you being a doer of the word? Or are you just listening? You see, being a, it's being a doer of the word that puts us over. Just hearing the word ain't going to do anything for you. Amen. It's a good message. You got to do it. Amen. And until you do it, you don't really know it. My wife talked to her this morning about knowing the truth and the truth will set you free. You don't know something until you do it. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you really believe that? All right. I need to know if you're on the same page with me. You don't know that gravity is real until you jump off a building. And then you're going to get a quick awakening that gravity is real. You don't know the word of God is truth. And that the word of God will work for you until you start working it. Amen. So we're going to continue today along those same lines talking about uh, our confession. And really everything we've been teaching over the past few weeks has really led me up to what I want to talk to you about this morning. And that's authority and your words. Authority and your words. It's critical to the life of every believer, that they not only know that they have spiritual authority, but that they also know how that spiritual authority works. In other words, you have to learn how to walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given you. Amen. And the problem is many believers don't do that. Many believers the problem with many believers is they don't understand, uh, first of all, what spiritual authority is. How many of you before today or before you started coming to church here at Hill Country Cowboy Church have ever even heard about spiritual authority? Look around. Very few hands, but a few people. Amen? They probably went to a word church before. A word church teaches about spiritual authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, and if you don't know you have spiritual authority over your enemy, then your enemy will continue to rule and reign over your life because of your ignorance. Amen. 
Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And if you keep reading there and you read on down there, Hosea goes on to rebuke the priest. Amen. Because he wasn't preaching the word. A lot of preachers today need to be rebuked because they're not preaching God's word. Hallelujah. How many of you know if a preacher isn't preaching the word, you're not going to get it? Amen. If, you, if I don't preach you the word and I just get up here and tell you a bunch of stories, they may make you feel better about yourself, but I'm not up here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm up here to teach you how to fish. I don't want to just feed you a fish sandwich. Amen. I want you to teach you how to feed yourself. I want you to teach you how to be victorious in this life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if we don't understand or we don't see ourselves as having this authority, then the devil can continue to rule and reign over our lives. But the very moment, now listen to me, the very moment we begin to fully understand the authority we have through Christ Jesus, it's his authority, he delegated it to us, then we begin to exercise that authority over the devil. Brothers and sisters, that's the very moment you will see the manifestations of God's promises in your life. Can I get an amen to that? I am fully convinced. Now, I'm a young man. I'm only 67 years old. Amen. That's young. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. That is young. I'm a young man, but I am fully convinced that the body of Christ as a whole now is very deficient in this area. There's more sickness, more disease, more division in the churches today than there ever has been. And the brethren said that's not a criticism, that's an observation. There's There's just as much trouble in the church as there is out there, and that should not be so. And it's because people don't understand and people don't exercise their authority. Hallelujah. But you see, when we go to talking about some of the things we're going to talk about today, most people have never heard it, and y'all admitted to that. And that's really sad, because if you haven't heard it, and they don't know it, and if they don't know it, they certainly can't exercise it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So what happens in those cases is they just keep living under the circumstances of life. How many of you ever been under the circumstances? Well, I have, and a few of you else in here have. Amen. Hallelujah. And they'll say things like this. Well, these are just the cars that I've been dealt. How many of you ever said that? Is it just the hand I've been dealt? You know, the... God moves in mysterious ways. No, he don't. Read your Bible. He moves exactly according to his word. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Man, I'm preaching me happy. You see what can happen with that kind of attitude, that these are just the cards that I've been dealt. What can happen with that kind of attitude is Christians can find themselves just existing on this earth and really not seeing uh, many of God's promises done in their lives. Amen. You can't see the promises of God unless you get on his page. You got to be in his playbook. Amen. I said, you got to be in his playbook. That's why we give these away without the playbook. How many of you know the B-I-B-L-E is a book for me and it should be the book for you. I mean, you know, the B-I-B-L-E is basic instructions before leaving earth. Hallelujah. And if you don't have the instruction manual, you're not going to survive. Amen. Amen. Or you'll, you'll just barely survive. Let me put it that way. But you won't live in victory. You got to play by God's book if you want to live in the victory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. One of the main reasons that people stay under the circumstances is they don't understand their spiritual authority. 
and I do realize that there are many of us in here that do have some understanding, but I can guarantee you this, that when you start exercising your authority in your life, it's over for the devil. Amen. It's over. When you start exercising your authority over the devil, it's over for him. You know why? Because there's so many other people that ain't doing it. He can just go down the road and bother them. I don't mean to send the devil over to your house, but when he comes by my house, he sees me uh, uh, walking in Jesus. He knows that I know that I have authority, so he just passes on by. And he'll go down to your house. Now, what's he going to do when he gets there? Amen. That's the right answer. He's going to run. See, he's deadly or deathly afraid of you, my brothers and sisters, getting a hold of messages just like you're going to hear today and just like you've been hearing for the last few years. Amen. Because he doesn't want you to understand that you have authority over him. He wants you to believe first and foremost that all the situations that are, you're going through come from God. And he'll lie to you saying, well, God's putting that on you to show you something. No, he showed you to this church so you can come in here and get preached to so you start living the word. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But first and foremost, he'll try to con uh, convince you that the situation you're going through is from God. Then he, what he'll want to do is he'll want to make you feel like there's no hope and no help for you. That there's no way out of your situation. He wants you to feel beat down and hopeless. Why? Because he knows if he keeps you ignorant of what belongs to you, then he can continue to rule over your life unhindered and keep you in a place of defeat. That's true. Amen. Are you hearing me? He wants to keep you down, and he'll do whatever it takes to keep you there. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to establish the fact from the Scriptures that every believer, every, everybody say every believer, every believer, turn to your neighbor and say that includes you, that every believer has authority over the devil. Amen. It doesn't matter if they get, it, it, it doesn't even matter if you get saved this morning and you're an infant in Christ. You don't know anything else, but you just gave your heart to the Lord. It don't matter. The moment you get born again, you have spiritual authority over the demons and over the devil. Amen? So let's begin here in Luke chapter 10. And I am convinced and I believe we're all going to get some help today. Amen? Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray thee, uh, pray, the, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. In other words, he's telling them that you need to pray as you go that God raises up more men and more women to help with the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at verse 8. It says, uh, in verse 8 it says, And in whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, I want you to see in verse 1 that Jesus appointed 70 other disciples. How many of you know that makes 82 altogether? Amen. Some preachers say that he sent out the 70. No, he appointed 70 more and he sent them all out. He said, go. Amen? Amen. He sent them out two by two in every city before him. Verse 9. And in verse 9, he says, he gave them authority. He said, 
go and heal the sick. Well, you can't heal the sick without authority. Amen. So he gave them authority to heal the sick and bring about, now listen, bring about or bring into manifestation the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus said, heal the sick and tell them the reason that they were healed is because the kingdom of God has come unto them. That's important. Why? Because until now, until this moment, Jesus Christ had not come to the earth. And Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God's kingdom. Isn't he? Isn't he? Amen. He's the manifestation of God's kingdom in the flesh. And what Jesus was wanting to show his disciples is that the power of God and God's kingdom, those who are in God's kingdom, the power of God is more powerful and it will rule over Satan's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now look at verse uh, number 17. Hallelujah. We are to rule and reign in life. How many of you know that? You have authority over the devil. Hallelujah. In verse 17, he says, Then the 70 returned with what? Joy. joy. We, we learned last week to count it all joy. Yeah. Well, don't you know when they went out, they had plenty of opportunity. Amen. And when they came back and returned to Jesus, they returned with joy saying, Lord, now watch this, even the demons are subject unto us. In your name. Always put that in your name in there, okay? We never exalt ourselves above God. It's always in the name of Jesus that we move. Amen. Praise God. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And in verse 18, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from his place of authority in this earth. Amen. Amen. I saw him like, fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, he lost all dominion, praise God, in their lives. In their lives. And in our lives, when we do the same thing that they did and say, even the demons Amen. are subject unto me in your name. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Boy, I'm preaching myself happy. Notice what he says in verse 19. He says, behold. How many of you know behold means pay attention? I'm fixing to say something really important. He said, behold, I give you the authority the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's not literal uh, uh, scorpions. You understand that, right? Yes. Amen, because it says so. And then he says this, and over some. Oh, your Bible says all? Yes. Over all the power of the enemy. And watch this. And nothing shall by any means. Hurt you. Amen. Now, wouldn't it be nice if every Christian on this planet believed that? I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that right there. Praise God. Notice Jesus gave you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Wake up. Notice that Jesus gave you the power or authority to do what? To trample. Everybody say trample. The original King James Version uh, says to tread. I like that even better. He gave us the uh, power of, or authority to tread. On what? On other people? No. Amen. To tread on demons and the powers of darkness. That word tread in the Greek, I like this. It means to crush under your feet. 
You have the authority and the power through the name of Jesus to crush every demonic power under your feet. Get a hold of that. You get a hold of that and it'll set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. In other words, Satan, his demons, and all the powers of darkness are under my feet. And he's under yours. Isn't he? Listen to me. You are not under his. You don't have to be under any kind of power if you don't want to be. We need to learn that. We need to learn who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Like just like somebody or like that person saying, uh, you ask a person, he says, well, how's things going? And they say, well, under the circumstances, pastor, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And my first question is, why are you under the circumstances? Didn't Jesus give you the power to be on top of your circumstances? Well, yeah, but you don't understand. Well, get the butt out of your mouth and just say, yes, he did. And then tell the truth and say, yeah, he did, Pastor, but I'm not exercising that authority. I'm still speaking the trash that I was speaking. I was speaking about, I think I'm speaking about that old man. But somehow I keep creating my tomorrow. We learned about that too, didn't we? We learned about that too, didn't we? That your words go before you and create your future. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why are you still under your uh, uh, circumstances? See, you're supposed to be treading. Amen. Your pathway that God set for you is on top of it, not under it. Amen? You're supposed to be on top of the enemy, not under him. See, but if you're not careful, you can find yourself living under things that Jesus gave you the authority to, to walk over. Hallelujah. Because of the way you talk. People stay under poverty because they talk poor. Talking about what they don't have. Talking about how hard things are. So they stay under the pressures of poverty because of their words. And listen to me. I'm not saying the pressures aren't real. But we need to learn that we need to rise above the pressures. And that's what I'm attempting to teach you. is how to rise above your circumstances. How to rise above the situations that you find yourself in. And we all find ourselves in situations. Jesus did not promise that you would never go through circumstances. Amen. Amen. The pressures are real. But I'm wanting to teach you to exercise your dominion over the pressures that you come find yourself under. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> People stay under sickness because they're always talking about how sick they are. They stay under sickness when they, all they talk about is how much they hurt. I've been there. I'm healed. Oh, my back. <laughs> I'm healed. But, man, I got this head. Oh. That's funny, but it's real. We cancel our healing with our mouth. They stay under sickness because they all, they always talking about how much they hurt. They stay under sickness because they always t tell you and rehearse what the doctors have said. They stay under sickness because they rehearse what this friend has said or what that friend has said, what Google has said. Or they stay under sickness because they're listening more to Siri instead of listening to what God says. Uh-huh. Boy, that's hitting home. Siri, what about this? Ask her sometimes what the word God says about it. She'll say something like, 
I'm not a robot. Or so, 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 I've asked her before, are you saved? <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she said back to me, but what it wasn't, it was not, it, it, one of the things was she don't understand the question. Yeah. And she don't. Because a machine can't understand the things of God. Amen. Amen. But you can. Amen. Hallelujah. They listen to what Siri says instead of listening to what God says. And what happens is their own words keep them now. <clears throat> listen to me now. Their own words keep them subject to their circumstances instead of their circumstances being subject to them. Amen. Talking about how hard it is to get ahead, it stays hard to get ahead. Talking about how, uh, about all their weaknesses. They find it that it keeps them in their weaknesses. You talk defeat, you're defeated before you even get started. Amen. Jesus said, behold, listen to me. Behold, I give you authority to tread. Question is, are you treading? Amen. Are you treading over your sickness? Are you treading over disease? Are you treading over poverty? Are you treading over depression? Are you treading over your addiction? Are you over your addiction or are you under your addiction? Amen. Amen. Are you ruling over it or, or, or is it ruling over you? Man, he got quiet in God's house. You talk about how depressed you are all the time, you'll stay depressed. Why? Proverbs 18.21, we've, we've talked about this for weeks. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You stay under your circumstances because that's all you talk about. I'm ministering to some. I'm really helping somebody. If I ain't helping none of you, I'm helping me. I want to get to the point where I never talk about my circumstances anymore. Unless I'm going to put a but God at the end of it. Here's where I was, but God. Here's what I did, but God. Here's what I was addicted to, but God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. So whatever. You keep talking is what you're going to be eating. You're going to harvest and you're going to eat. So if you like it, just keep talking. it. Amen. If you don't like what you're eating, change what you're saying. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. Whatever you're talking is what you're going to keep eating. And I want you to think about this. Some people, none of them in here, of course, or none watching by live stream, but some people, everybody say some people, they'll continually speak about their weaknesses and their problems. And at the same time, they'll pray for God to do something about their problem. Or they'll pray for God to do something about their situation. And God says, I've already done all I'm going to do. See, he gave you authority to run the devil out of your life. Amen. Didn't James say that in James 4, 7? Amen. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Isn't that the same thing as saying you got the authority to run the devil out of your life? You have the, uh, the authority to run sickness out of your life? You have the authority to run addiction out of your life? Of course it does. Listen, God has already done all he's going to do about the devil. Didn't Jesus whip him? Amen. So his part's finished. And that's one of the last things he said on the cross. Remember that? It is finished. That means that I'm not going to do one more thing on this earth 
Now, until I come back. So until then, you got to do it. Isn't that what we just read in Luke 10, 19? Behold, I give unto you. Don't matter who you are, I give you authority. Amen. So he's already done all he's going to do. It's finished. His part's finished. And now what he wants you and I to do, my brothers and sisters, is take our rightful place as the children of the Most High God. Amen. Amen. He wants us to have dominion and to rule and reign over the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. I can't say that enough. Jesus said he gave us authority to be on top all the time. But whether or not we exercise that authority (laughs) is entirely up to us. Hmm. And a lot of times we have things ruling over us when we really should be ruling over them. Listen to me. For a time in my life, poverty ruled over me. But it don't rule over me anymore. For a time in my life, addiction ruled over me. It did for years. But addiction don't rule over me anymore. For many years of my life, a bad, I know you're not going to believe this, but a bad temper ruled over me. But it don't rule over me anymore. You know why? Because you're a pastor. No, that's not the reason. Because I began using my words to exercise my authority, and I took back the things the devil stole from me, and it changed my life. I took back joy. I took back peace. See, he can rob you of your peace if you allow him to. Amen. I started getting understanding about what I'm trying to teach you and get you to understand. I started getting understanding about the Word of God, and then I wanted more Word. I said, Lord, tell me more. Tell me more. I'm tired of being who I am. But your Word says I can't change it unless I change what I'm doing. Listen to me. I found out many, many years ago, probably 25 years ago, that nothing in my life is going to change unless I change what I'm doing in my life. God is not going to change it. Didn't I just tell you he's finished? <laughs> See how quickly we forget that. Well, Because I, 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 I felt it. Well, as soon as I said that, I felt somebody say, well, God can do anything he wants to. He won't do anything against his word. He won't do anything against his word. And he says, I'm finished. You got to do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, I use my words to exercise my authority. And I'm telling you, my brother and sister, you can do the same thing. When you realize and you fully understand that you have authority over that rat called the devil. Can I get an amen to that? Now, I want to read Luke 10, 19, and I'm doing my best to hurry. And y'all are listening real fast. So, you know, these other 10 pages, we should get through them in the next hour or two. No, we're doing good. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Praise God. Am I I helping anybody but myself? Praise God. I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm looking for victory in your life. See, I'm not that preacher that's going to get up here and tell you how Joshua did it. Well, I may tell you how he did it, but you know the story I want to, to be able to stand up here and tell before you? It's how New York did it. How Jason did it. How Jimmy did it. How Kyle did it. How Joe, Miss Debbie did it. That's the stories I want to tell. That's the testimonies I want to give. I want you to have victory in your life. Amen. Those guys are already dead and in heaven. Are you hearing me? I'm more concerned about who's standing before me or who's sitting before me this morning. I want to help you. Amen. How many of you want to be a testimony to future generations on the goodness of God? Hallelujah. 
All right, Luke 10, 19. I will read this out of Passion. They may have it on the board. I don't know. We don't have the Passion, so she's got to type it all in there. You didn't get it? Okay. So just trust me, okay? Just this once. Praise God. Luke 10, 19 in the Passion says this. It says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his, talking about Satan, over his, to trample on his kingdom. And then he goes on to say, you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Then he says, absolutely nothing will be able to harm you. Now here's the kicker. As you walk in this authority. Nothing can harm you when we walk in the authority of God. Amen? I speak to every virus, every bacteria, and I command it to cease and desist its activity, not only in my life, but in your life. In the name of Jesus, and nothing by any means will harm me because I walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You got to get that attitude. Hallelujah. That's the best pill you can take. It's the gospel. Amen. Nothing by, notice that he says, nothing will be able to harm you as you walk. Or as you exercise your delegated authority. Now turn over to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And keep in mind that we exercise authority with our words. Amen? In Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. It says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him pleading with him. Now, I want you to understand this before I go any further that this centurion was a, a military man. He was in the Roman legion, okay? He was, a, he, was a, he was subject to pagan laws. He was not a covenant man. Amen? He wasn't a child of God, even though he was created by God. I mean, you know, people could be created by God and not be a child of God. And two kind of children on this planet. Listen to me, I'm not being ugly. There's children of God and children of the devil. <clears throat> Before I got saved, I was a child of the devil. Not that I was a devil worshiper, but I did the devilish things. Are you hearing me? Before you got born again, you're a child of the devil too, so don't look at me in that tone of voice. Amen. It's where we were. Doing stupid stuff. I know nobody can relate to that but me, but hey, that's where I was. But praise God, I'm where I'm at now. Hallelujah. But God. But you got to understand, he wasn't a covenant believer. But he did believe in authority, and you're going to see that. So he came to him pleading with Jesus, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. Dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, Okay, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now watch this. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now that's faith. That's faith. For I also, look at verse 9, For I also... I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Hallelujah. And said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Hallelujah. Now, how could this man 
who knew nothing about the covenant of God, have such great faith. Look at verse 9 again. For I am also a man under authority. In other words, I have somebody or someone that's over me that I respond to, and I have those under me that respond to me. So I understand, Jesus, that you have spiritual authority. I understand that that uh, authority and that power is in your words. So all you got to do is say it, and my servant will be healed. This man understood that words are containers. Brothers and sisters, your words are containers. And when you speak about your mouth, now you better pay close attention to your pastor. When you speak those words out of your mouth, they contain whatever's in your heart. And whatever's in your heart and you speak out of your mouth, according to Isaiah 55, 11, those words are going to go out and they're going to come back and bring you exactly what you spoke. I told you last week or the week before last that one of my favorite mentors said this. He says, that Jesus told him, I have told my people they can have what they say, but they keep having, uh, saying what they have. Are you hearing me? I keep telling my people you can have what you say, but they keep telling me what they have. Amen. Glory to God. I must be ministering because this sure getting quiet in here. Praise God. Either that or all of you are sleeping. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He understood that Jesus had power in his words. He understood that words are containers and that they carry in them power to create. They carry in them authority. So then he tells Jesus, just speak a word, Jesus. And Jesus spoke. Now, look at verse 13. Here's what he told the centurion. Because he had such great faith, here's what Jesus said to him. He said, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Hallelujah. As you have believed. How many times has your pastor said, Uh, As you have believed, according to your faith, so be it unto you. I can lay hands on you all day long, and I've laid hands on people, and I've seen them healed. But in the end, you got to have faith to be healed. Amen. Amen. Everybody that came to Jesus believed that they were going to get healed. Amen. Now, in his hometown, he wasn't able to heal nobody. You know why? Because they knew he was a carpenter. That's that carpenter. Ain't nothing come out of Nazareth. He's just a carpenter. And the Bible says he wasn't able to do miracles in his hometown. Amen. I've had family rebuke me. Amen. That's just the way it is. That's the word of God. You may have some family that's going to turn against you because you believe the way you do. I'm not saying you are. But the Bible says you may. Amen. That foolishness, that healing foolishness, that deliverance foolishness, like you can just tell your addiction to go and it's got to go. I did it. I did it. 1997. I won't tell you everything I was doing the Saturday night before Sunday morning Easter, but it involved drugs, Smoking, drinking, partying. And I got up, but actually on my smoking, I told my wife, I said, I will not smoke in 1998. I lied. I had seven cigarettes left, so I smoked all seven of them real quick (laughs) at midnight. (laughs) Yeah, you're talking about, no, somebody not wanting to smoke anymore after smoking seven of them back to pack, back to back. That was me. But let me tell you something. I spoke things into my life. 
Because I told God, if you'll show me in your word the truth, I'll do it. Now, did I do it instantly? No. I'm just like anybody else that wants to rebel. I held on to some things as long as I could. And that was basically out of ignorance, Hosea 4, 6. Amen. But when I read it, I put, to, I, I put my words in action and I started getting rid of those things in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good preaching. Praise God. Notice it says, as you have believed. What did the centurion believe? He believed that, the, that words have power to make things respond and to make illnesses respond. Your illness has to respond to your words. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, go to Genesis chapter 1. Say, well, Pastor, we've heard all this before. You know something? I know it. But I need to hear it again. And I need to keep hearing it. And so do you. If you're not doing it 100%, you're not finished. How many of you know that? Jesus said it was finished because he had done 100% of what he had to do. If you ain't at 100, you need to keep listening. You need to keep hearing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. Listen to me. Some people are dealing with issues in your life. <clears throat> and you know you have authority, but you're not exercising it. Amen. That tells me that the word is in you mentally, but you haven't gotten it down in your heart. And until we get it, all of us get it down in our heart, we're going to keep preaching it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. There's nothing more important than God's word. Look here, look here what God does in Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> talking about words. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit, why was darkness on the face of the deep? You think, yeah. now remember this, Lucifer was cast out of heaven onto earth. You think God's going to cast him to an earth that's just full of light? No, because Satan's darkness. So he cast him out of heaven, which is all light, to the earth that was dark. He said, that's where you're you're destined to be, in darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord just gave that to me. Praise God. I love it when he gives me little nuggets like that. It says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering. Over the face of the waters. Then God what? Said. Let there be light. And there was light. I want you to notice that nothing happened. Just because God was there. Are you hearing me? Is God in every situation that you come in. That you're faced with? Amen. Does God live on the inside of you? Does, that, does things change in your life just because he's there? Does things change in your life because God lives on the inside of you? No. I've had Christians say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I got cancer. Well, did God's presence in your life because you're born again and he lives on the inside of you, did it keep cancer from coming onto your body? No. So we must have something to do with it, to getting rid of it. Did it leave my body or did it leave your body if you got cancer? Did it leave your body because God's there? No. Amen. Does depression leave you because God is in on the inside of you? No. Does addiction leave you because God's there? No. Did your marriage turn around because God is in your marriage? No. It's not automatic, is it? 
Nothing happened, even in creation that I just read to you. Nothing happened just because God was there. A word had to be spoken. A word, get a hold of that. A word has to be spoken. Nothing happens could just cause God's in your life. You have to speak God. You have to speak God's word. Amen. Amen. You see, there's something about speaking words that carries authority in God's kingdom. It's how his kingdom was created. In the beginning, God said, amen. And if you read all of Genesis, and I encourage you to, you'll see that every time God said something, whether it was to create the fish and all the birds and what have you, then at the end of that it says, and it was so. God said it, and it was so. Brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, when you say it, it is so. You need to learn that it ain't it is what it is. It is what you say it is. If you say you're addicted, you're addicted. If you say you're depressed, you're depressed. That's the way it works. Depression can't come on you unless you allow it to. Amen. Now, again, and I'm not speaking against this, but you can take all the pills you want to about depression, or you can, uh, or you can take one, and his name's called Jesus. Amen. And you can start practicing what I'm telling you to do, and depression's going to leave you. Amen. Start speaking joy into your life. Start p- speaking the peace of God into your life. Amen. Amen. I'm free. I free. Hallelujah. Hmm. I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. The power of God was there in the beginning. But nothing happened until a word was spoken. In other words, there was nothing for the Holy Spirit to work on or manifest in the natural realm until words were released in the spiritual realm. That's the way it works. God cannot do anything for you in your natural life until you release something in the spiritual life. That's a good word right there. You need to write that down. I can't do anything in the natural, or God can't do anything in the natural in my life until I say something in the spirit. Amen. You need to learn that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's the Holy Spirit supposed to work on or manifest in your life if you're not saying what God's Word says? We have to say, by His stripes, I am healed. Or by His stripes, I was healed. We have to say, God has delivered me from the powers of darkness. We have to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We have to say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. We have to say, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. We have to say, everything I put my hands to prospers. We have to say it. Hallelujah. You see, my brothers and sisters, Having authority and releasing authority is two whole different things. How many of you came to church this morning in an automobile? Amen. Vehicles are designed to get us where we are, where we are to where we're going. But how many of you know just having a vehicle doesn't does you no good unless you get in it and you start it up and you put it in gear? You can have the shiniest vehicle sitting in your driveway and you're still walking if you're not driving it. Having something and doing something with it is two different things. Hallelujah. It's available for you to use and it'll get you to your destination with greater ease and a whole lot more comfort, especially in the heat of Texas. But if you don't use it, Just having it available to you does you absolutely no good. Can I get an amen to that? 
Praise God. Well, let me share something with you, and then I'm going to close. Delegated authority is God's designed vehicle, and it is made available to every believer to get us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Amen. But we have to use it. We have to use that authority. My brother and sister, if you want, if you would just, uh, let me put this. If you would just take what you have learned or what I've been teaching you or attempting to teach you over the last six to eight weeks, and you would just take that, listen to those over and over and over, get it down in your heart, and then you start doing it. If you would just do that, what you've already been learning, God would not only change your life, He would revolutionize your life. Amen. You would go from where you are to being up here in a short uh, length of time. Listen, I've seen baby Christians move well past people who have been saved for 40 years because a baby Christian is just like a foreign country. They've never heard it. So when they hear it, they say, man, that's for me. That's my answer. I'm getting out of this situation. I'm going to do exactly what that preacher told me to do, and I'm going to start speaking things over my life. People who have religion in them, they'll say, well, I've never heard that before. I don't know if I believe that. Well, then it ain't going to happen for you. The Word of God is the absolute truth. And what every Christian should be doing is not questioning the Bible, but reading it, taking it literal, and doing it. Amen. That's what got me over. Amen. That's what got me delivered. And I'm still doing the same thing as I'm telling you to do. I'm still doing it and, and having to do it every day. I still have to fight my flesh. I, I have flesh just like you. And my flesh wants to rebel. My flesh sometimes wants to get angry. My flesh sometimes <clears throat> wants to quit. That's right. Even after 25 years of serving the Lord, sometimes I just feel like I don't want to go to church today. But then Miss Brenda says, you have to. You're the pastor. Brother said, if you'll just take what I've been teaching you, it will revolutionize your life. And I can tell you that because this is exactly what happened to me. Once you start using your authority, you'll take back what the devil stole from you. Once you start using your authority, you'll begin experiencing the blessings of God. Once you start using your authority, you'll, I'm telling you, you'll taste the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I can tell you this also that once you start doing all this, now listen to me, you'll never, ever want to go back to who you were. You'll never want to go back. I had a great time when I didn't know any better, when I was living in sin. Sin's fun. How many of you know that? Hey, sin's fun. The Bible says it is. It's, it's fun for a season, but then it comes up and smacks you in the face. The Bible says also, as you sold your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Amen. But fun, it was fun for a while, but let me tell you something, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> I would not go back. I'm having so much fun in Jesus Christ. Life is so much better on this side of the fence. Amen. And even for those who are straddling the fence, let me tell you something, sometimes that can be painful. And I'll leave that right there. <laughs> Even for those who think the grass is greener on the other side, guess what? It's on top of the septic tank. Amen. The best side of the cross is the one that's on, Je on Jesus' side. There was two thieves on the cross. Both of them were thieves. Both of them were sinners. Both of them were destined to die and go to hell. But the difference in those two sinners was that one, on that day, and this is where bedside salvation comes in, on that day, I don't, I don't advise anybody to go there because you might, your timing may not be good, right? right. 
Uh, but on that day, one thief cursed Jesus and the other one said, remember me when you go into paradise. And Jesus turned to him and said, you'll be with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's all I got. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. That's all I got for today. Hallelujah. We're no way near through. How many of you know the day will be through? There it is right there. When we see Jesus face to face, that's when we'll be done. That's when everything will be made known to us. Amen. Until then, we're just going to keep learning. We're going to keep moving forward in Christ. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap off. Now, we don't want to be selfish. We, we got the glory, but we want to give everybody an opportunity to get come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving around, let's, let's show respect for the Holy Spirit that's moving right now in and through this building and also moving in and through live stream. There's nothing more important than when a saint gives their life or a person gives their life to the Lord. Nothing is more important. Hallelujah. So if you're watching by live stream or you're in this building this morning, and you may not know the Lord Jesus Christ. You may have started watching this show just on uh, uh, Facebook because somebody told you about it. Might have came this morning just because you wanted to be in a different place than you were. And you really don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you want to change that status today. And you want to give your heart to Him. If that's you, and this message is ministered to you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. The Lord sees those hands. You could have given your heart to the Lord as a kid. really, but you really haven't been serving the Lord. You hadn't been doing anything for him. You, I mean, you, you just kind of been existing. And because you existed for so long, now you're backslidden. And you're like the prodigal son in the Bible that uh, he went back to his old way of living. He went back to where he used to be and outside God. And now you want to come to yourself and you want to say, Lord, forgive me I made a mistake going back to my old life please forgive me if that's you I want you to raise your hand and put it right back there hallelujah there may be some kind of sin in your life that you've been battling and you want to put it down this morning and never pick it back up real quickly if that's you I want you to raise your hand and put it right back there praise God God is going to honor each and every hand that was raised, no matter what it was raised for. Praise God. Your God loves you. And he wants to see you happy. He wants to see you clean. He wants to see you righteous. And the only way to do that is through the Lord Jesus Christ with every head raised and every eye open. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. He died for me rose again so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ, come in my heart. Make me whole. Continue to work on me as I continue to read your word. I love you, Lord. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another clap offering. If you prayed that prayer either in here, no matter what you're praying for, God knows your heart. If you're praying for salvation, that's great. If you're praying to be delivered from a sin, that's great. But let me tell you this. Do not stop reading your Bible. And let me encourage you. These messages in these last days are God-given. Amen. Amen. It's not, a, it's not me. I, I'm just being obedient to the Lord. I need this as much as you do. Amen. But these messages, especially in these last days, we need to rehearse them over and over and over again.
So I encourage you to go to our website, hillcountrycowboychurch.com. You can uh, download the podcasts and listen to them on your phone, either through Spotify or uh, iTunes. Or if you want to just sit there for 45 minutes to an hour and look at my handsome face, you can watch the you can watch the sermons <laughs> uh, sermons on our on our website. Amen? Amen. The last thing I want to tell you is we serve a miracle working God, and you are always the next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.